we're ready with a social media post going, wow, we recognise along these guys. And yeah. then they announced that we won it. And I, I will be honest, You're because we thought we had... <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the video? Yeah. No, 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 but I, heard, I think I heard you say something like... Yeah, it was a little bit tipsy, because <laughs> we honestly didn't expect to win. All right, folks, welcome back to the Unconventionalist Podcast. I'm your host, Mark LaRousse, and this is the show about what it's really like to turn your message into a movement. Now, we've got a very exciting guest coming on the show today. I'm genuinely really excited to pick her brains about the movement she's creating. But before we get into that, really quickly, I want to let you know that for all of you who've been reaching out and asking me about when's the next podcast bootcamp workshop that I'm running to help you launch your very own world-class podcast from scratch. It's happening on the 20th of September. You can get tickets over at uh, theunconventionalist.com. All the information will be on there and I'm really looking forward to seeing a very small group of people there. That should be exciting. So today's guest is someone who I met and we'll get actually more about the background story when we when we kind of connect. Um, but she's someone who's changed the way that companies can give back in a meaningful way and engage their employees so that they actually feel like they're making a difference and tackling one of the biggest social issues currently faced uh, in the UK. And I want to find out more about her background story, the challenges of being a mom and an entrepreneur and everything in between. Fran, welcome to the show. It's a real honor to have you. It's a real honor to be here, Mark. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, no, I'm really excited, actually. I was just, I was just like, we met um, at KPI, right? Like That's at KPI, right. You were, I was speaking, you were speaking. That's and right. I saw you said, I thought, what an incredible story. <laughs> like, really, really cool story. Thank you. It's cool. And like yours as well. But yeah, no, great to, to meet you there. And yeah. Great How are you feeling? Do you, like, do you like interviews? Do you like doing yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of always, I, I suppose it's that um, imposter syndrome thing, yeah. right? That um, you're um, on your own little mission, yeah. doing your own little thing. Yeah. And then people start showing an interest. So it always feels a little bit unnatural, but actually, um, and as I'm sure we'll probably talk about, I'm a real believer yeah. of creating good role models. Yeah. So whilst it feels awkward, you know you have to do this stuff because yeah. actually it's not about you. It's about giving back to others mm. and providing role models for others. So um, yeah. so yes, yeah, so it's always a little bit awkward, but I'm sure we'll yeah. be chatting. And, and you've got a packed day today. I as all my days are packed, <laughs> and that's why I like to keep them. So yes, I'm. Um, yeah. I was just telling you, I'm going from this to a ball. Yeah. So I've managed to cram a dress yeah. into my handbag. And that's legit, folks. I actually saw the handbag. <laughs> like like your friend showed me the handbag. It's all packed in there with, with a bit of extra makeup, yeah. and some heels, and some glitter earrings. Yeah. And I'm going to go and find a toilet somewhere and get changed. Glam. And then that's the glam turn, life. Yeah, exactly. And then turn up <laughs> as if you know I just come out of a nice five star hotel. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And this morning you were doing some stuff for the parliament. This morning I was doing some stuff. I'm on the um, APPG, which is an yeah. all-party parliamentary group for women in enterprise. And we were doing a really interesting tour of the British Library and looking cool. at the work that they're doing to help entrepreneurs get started. So that yeah. was really interesting. Exciting stuff. And then had some other meetings today yeah. for my business. And then, yeah. uh, yes, and then here with you. Cool. So what, a, what a great interlude in the day. Yeah, it's... Um, so, you know, one, one thing I love, and I do this super selfishly. I was talking to a mate of mine, Dan, from um, uh, who hosts the People Who Poo podcast and we uh, great name it's like Love it. yeah uh, and we were just chatting about actually we do this for real selfish reasons because we would actually speak to the person in front of us yeah. and we just pretend like we're doing it because of it's you know it's broadcasted <laughs> 100,000 people whatever but genuinely like I was looking to your story and I was really inspired and there's a video that uh, is on your website about like what you do and goal 17 and yeah. we'll get that in a second and, and one thing that you know from the from the kind of get-go what I'm really curious to hear from you is the challenges, and I don't think this is being spoken to about enough, like the challenges of being a parent 
Mm. and running a business yeah you have to be super organized and i'm a single mum as yeah, well right. so um i have two little people both yep. under 10 and so i think the only way to do it is to be super organized yeah. and I, I did get caught out this morning because i forgot that they've got a, they're doing a play this evening so in my head i was like oh it's great because they don't have to be picked up quite so early sure. and then i suddenly realized as i walked out the door oh my goodness i hadn't made them tea so it's like rush back <laughs> in quick jam sandwiches <laughs> what have i got in the cupboard so whilst it um and and i know this is something you talked about in yeah. your ted talk actually yeah. mark about how on social media it all looks great but yeah. at the end of the day we're all real humans yeah. right so actually there's this whole kind of slight chaos organized chaos in the yeah. background but actually we're just trying to keep on top of the main things so juggling everything for me is about trying as much as I can to be super organized yeah. and in those last minutes when you just want to kind of stop actually yeah. go no really what do I need to do to make tomorrow yeah. more enjoyable because yeah. I love what I do but you have to be organized to do it all and, and how do you because the, the last case I spoke about this with was David Beckett uh, the pitching coach and we talked about like you know how do you do to be present in both worlds because mm. that's the one I, I'm saying this selfishly because I really struggle with that yeah. like being present in your business and you're 100% in your business, but then yeah. being with your kids, being 100% with your kids. Like, yeah. how, how are you doing so, that? So my, um, in the mornings, it's just like focus, let's get to school. Because to be quite honest, there's not a huge amount of time to get that done. Yeah. But when I pick them up from school, and it's yeah. nearly always me that collects yeah. them from school. Yeah. From the time that I get them back from school till they go to bed, they get my full attention. Yeah. Now, sometimes they don't want my attention. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I turn my phone off, come on. Do you know um, what this means? Exactly. Like, but, but, yeah. And a lot of time they're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, but as long as they want my attention they get my attention okay. and it's some of that some of that is cooking and cleaning and doing like the boring stuff that sure. has to be done but they get me yeah. and they get access to me and I think I hope they they believe that they've always got that access okay. to me okay. um and then but then they do go to bed reasonably early so they go up to their rooms at like seven yeah. and as they're getting older they keep going oh mommy but we're older now <laughs> and I'm like well yeah but okay um and they can read or whatever but yeah. then I say look mommy's going back to work okay. and, and they know that once they're in their bedrooms yeah. that I'm back at yeah, work okay, and I'm cool. really disciplined. So I don't watch much TV, yeah. but I but I don't, so I don't have a huge amount of life outside working sure. kids. But hey. But you're doing a good job. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's really cool. I love that. I think that you posted a social, I don't know if I read this on your blog or if this is a photo you posted on social media about where you were like in your PJs, I think, doing like some laundry for the kids because you forgot to clean their pee kits. Yeah, I mean, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that one, but yeah, exactly. You know, and, and actually, so I, one of my kind of biggest hacks in life yeah. is I could not live without my hands-free kit because yeah. running a home, there's yeah. always those boring things. It's like emptying the dishwasher. It's yeah. the most mind-numbing, dull thing. Yeah. And actually, if you can do that whilst you're having a phone call to someone, yeah. it's it's Boom. really, yeah. And, and actually, suddenly you don't realise you've done all the boring jobs yeah. because you've also been chatting to people sure. at the same time. So sure. yeah, I'm a, a good multitasker. Yeah. All w women are supposed to be, apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, well, that's another <laughs> conversation, right? But it, yeah. and, I saw, and I saw that you won an Influencer Award. Was that yeah. right? Like it was like something like you were shortlisted at five or six people. Yeah. And then you ended up winning this award. So what, what was, tell us a bit so, more about so that. So this is um, Global Woman, which yeah. is a kind of international organization that's there to try and empower and recognize female change yeah. makers. So women that want to, to make an impact on the world effectively. Cool. And I didn't know anything about this, but funny enough, it was another, it was another tumble dryer moment okay. that I was sat in front of the tumble dryer doing pairing socks <laughs> yeah. and my phone started buzzing and I thought, what's, what's going on? It yeah. sort of went a few times. I thought, oh, what's happening? So I thought, eventually I must check it. So I went to check it yeah. and uh, they just tagged on Facebook. They shortlisted me as the top UK influencer, which I just thought was hilarious because I thought, well, you know, I don't really have a massive yeah. social media sure. following. So what's this all about? But really, as I got into it more, I thought, actually, this is about a shift 
in what mm. people want from influencers. Because in Purpose my, over pout. And this was purpose yeah. over pout. So I, I looked at the other women that were up against me and, and having been shortlisted, it then went to 50% public vote, 50% panel judged okay. on who would be the winner. Yeah. And I thought, well, do you know what? The women that I'm up against, they have got millions of followers. I do not have that. Sure. So I thought, well, actually, though, why have they selected me? And I sort of tried to, I contacted them yeah. and said, why? And they said, well, we love what you're doing and so on. So I wrote this blog about hashtag purpose over yeah. pouts and said that if we look at what's happening with influencers, yeah. and I don't know if you heard in the press recently, there was a an influencer with sort of some, something like 30 million followers and she couldn't sell 36 T-shirts. <laughs> and and everyone was going, well, what, why, why? If she's got all these millions of followers, why can she not sell these 36 T-shirts? Yeah. And they weren't expensive T-shirts, sure. they were just basic T-shirts. And it was all sort of around, it was only a few months ago, but it's around a time where I went, actually, do you know what we want from influencers is changing. Mm. We've now seen the beautiful pictures of pouty people and mm. it's lovely, but it doesn't really make us feel very good about ourselves no. so is there I think a it's Prince here who basically made a post about the responsibility gave a talk about the responsibility of influencers yeah and if we're really going to have an influence let's make sure it's positive and and it makes a real difference and not just trying to flog some kind of products or you know and, and all that and all that, all that absolutely kind of yeah. so so i wrote this blog purpose over hashtag purpose over pouts and yeah. said you know the reason any, the only reason anyone's going to vote for me is not about me it's about actually believing in yeah. wanting better role models not just for ourselves but for the younger generations of coming of girls coming yeah. through yeah. Um, anyway, that blog got thousands of hits. It generated thousands of votes, and I ended up winning the category. Uh -huh. So <laughs> I'm apparently now the UK's number one well, female yeah. influencer, <laughs> which is like it's a bit bonkers, but um, you know. But again, I will take that title yeah. if it means that I can do more good in the sure. world. If it means that I can influence a gender of saying let's yeah. provide better role models, let's yeah. become better role models, then as much as I kind of makes me cringe, I will take the title. Yeah, I mean you're on a roll. I mean you you know we will get into goal seventeen and yeah. how five months in you won the top sports-led mentoring program in the workplace That's right, yeah. you know something incredible and so just before we get to that because I was trying to look back into the background and trying to understanding so from what I understood the story that I read often is that you sold a business or exited a business that was generating nine million pounds in revenue and and the information that kind of led to that was that like a networking marketing so, company so or I have, no so I have a, a network marketing business yeah. which is network marketing is a business model that is has very bad press and is very badly understood right, right. Um, it's it's almost like a mini franchise yeah so you start it for a very low cost and then the idea is effectively you're a sales force and you can introduce other people to that business yeah. and they can then go and sell and you get yeah. a percentage yeah, of what yeah, they yeah, sell yeah, and so yeah. so um and and it has very bad press because there are a lot of people that have used that business model very badly right and even I'm, and i'm one of them i'm like i'm like oh my god i've had so terrible experience with it like i know people who've been in that and it's got such a bad rep and bad yeah. press yeah, yeah. um and uh, i probably if i'd known about the reputation it had i wouldn't have got involved okay. but luckily i was introduced to it when i was quite young and naive yeah. i got involved in it and actually happened to join an amazing company that mm. is it, to its core does things the right way okay. so built a business but also went into that industry not really liking what i how it was done and sure. i guess that's me i i'm a yeah. I, I'm a good girl, really, but there's a bit of a rebel in me yeah. as well. And I was told there's a system, you must follow the system. And it was very, very much like 1980s salesman. Okay. And that was not me. And I'm, I find it really hard not to be authentic to myself. Sure. So I thought, I want to do this because this business model, I can see massive potential. Yeah. But I don't want to do it in this way. So decided, how was I going to do this? And at the time, it was when I was pregnant with my first child. Okay. So I'm thinking, do you know what? I how old were you back then? 
So I'd have been 25. Yeah, okay. quite, cool. By these days' yeah, standards, yeah. that's almost a teenage <laughs> man. So, um, quite you would have made it on the MTV show. <laughs> yeah, almost, almost. Um, I did meet, I met my ex-husband when I was only a teenager. Okay. So we've been together for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And I had, a, I had an industry in the property career, which I, um, sorry, a career in the in property industry. Sure. Spot the dyslexics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Get yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, dyslexics! Yeah. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like there's a T-shirt that I saw in Paris and it said, dyslexics or teeple poo and so <laughs> i find that hilarious i told it to my mate who's dyslexic he's like i don't get the joke because oh, no, <laughs> he couldn't see it that's brilliant that's brilliant <laughs> anyway sorry um, so, you, so you're in the property so yeah, industry so i was in the property industry yeah. um i loved what i did i was probably frustrated because i think um there's this whole thing about entrepreneurship and i think it yeah. was in my core yeah. and i'd already started so at that point i was building a craft-based business and that was the okay. one that i exited and that had given me a real first flavor of building something quickly yeah. and selling it but that was not again i was doing that whilst i was working i was thinking how am i going to raise children mm. and either build that business or have have a property career and i just sure. couldn't work out how i was going to balance sure. the two so the whole network marketing thing came at the right time and i thought this is just amazing because as a new mum you know i can i can do this but rather than doing it the way that i was being taught to do it the rebel came out and i said <laughs> actually I'm going to do this differently and I'm going to do this so that it suits other people, mums and like myself yeah. in other situations. So rather than doing sales appointments, we did play dates. Yeah. And rather than meetings, we met at uh, meeting in like offices, we yeah. met in children's centres with our kids. So started to get this whole group of yeah. mums around me. Yeah, that makes me. so much sense. Yeah, who, and again, because the company was a solid company, it had good ethics, yeah. what we were promoting was saving people money, it was helping people out. Yeah. We're going, this is really good and this was a way we could build a business. So within despite being told I was doing it wrong within five years it became the fastest growing business in in that mm. sector mm. and then of course everybody wanted to know what I was doing what what had I changed and I, was like, I haven't changed anything yeah. that's what I've been doing since day one and uh, it started to generate a slight change in that field okay. in there being it becoming much more accessible for women mm. and much and more mums. and specifically yeah. mums because it just suited suited sure. us so you well can, you can work around it was like the original uber yeah yeah exactly yeah, you work so around your schedule and exactly yeah. so I s I'm still involved in that business I still love it. I have a team of a thousand people across the UK no that every day are out there building their business. On my walk here, I was chatting to one of them <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> do you still do that? So, so you know, the reason why it's, uh, I'm laughing because um, I, I, one of my ex-partners used to be in one of those kind of, and has just come back to it. So okay. she left for a while, and, yeah. and I just want social media that she's back to it. And I remember it was from what I remember, it was all around. It was so she's selling, and I would hate to. Mm-hmm. Um, misrepresent what she's doing but i think it's around beauty products and supplements and natural stuff and that kind of stuff without without plugging the name of the company and um and i remember she was she was part of a team and so she had someone who would mentor her or coach her and then she would have people that she would bring in her own team and then there was like this kind of whole crazy you know how are you doing like how your numbers doing this week like how many meetings are you having how many phone calls are you doing and i was just going like wow like it's like this and then it becomes this kind of almost snowball effect yeah so you didn't exit so you you kept you kept going so i still i still have that business i'm not as active in it these days because obviously and what i'm more grateful that business gives me an income that means that i can go and do other things yeah. which is the whole point of it now sure. it's not when you one of the things that i dislike about network marketing businesses is they talk about millions and mm. people being millionaires win the mercedes oh, win the win exactly. the that win and, the, yeah, and yeah. don't get me wrong i've had holidays and cars and all these yeah. things from the business but for me it's not about that it's actually just about having a reasonable salary that comes in yeah. every month yeah that means that i have the choice to go and do other things got it and what i learned from doing that business because you'll know this every business just about people right yeah, uh, you, everyone's got to sell something, yeah. and everybody's got to deal and manage pe- p- 
people mm. and that's what that business taught me so it's given me the, the business foundations mm. to go out and say okay so now how can I make my real impact in the world because I'm not going to do mm. that for the rest of my life so how can I make a real genuine impact and that's where I feel that that business model is so valuable because it gives other people that foundation yeah, and hopefully one of the changes that I'm pushing in that industry is to say let's look at how this can impact other people and how they can make their mark on got the it. world but just using that as their foundation it's a bit like got a it. foundation degree what would you say you learn what like the three pivotal things you learn about that experience in, in network marketing and and like that you could directly see how it translated into your next adventure um i think it's um the, the discipline yeah. um, and, and disciplining your disappointment and, yeah. and the endurance of it. So there's that whole piece around, you know, any business. And and I was talking to someone about this yesterday because we just had our year anniversary Okay, yesterday. congratulations. Thank you. Of, of when um, me and my business partner met and yeah. literally seven days later said, I saw, I saw. So if you, if you, yeah. by the time people listen to this, I, I don't know how far down in your feed it will be, but you've posted a little kind of... Scribbly piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, scribbly piece of paper. <laughs> it, it feels very much like the origin story of like yeah. a startup, right? Where you'd said, we'd only met seven days before yeah. and we already were thinking about creating this company together. And it's, I mean, you'd, you'd have to explain it. Well, do you know what? I want someone to explain it to me. Yeah. So I looked at this paper and I was going, <laughs> I, was just like, I, I, I no can see idea. income and dollars and t-shirts and like <laughs> smiley people. What's the t-shirts about? I've no idea what the t-shirts are about. I, I, you know what? It's funny. When I saw that, I thought it was going to be that you had a program where once you, because we'll get into the actual uh, details of it but I thought it was something along the lines this is what I made up totally made yeah, this yeah. I was like what, was, what could this you be might come up with a good idea yeah, yeah no no it was something about like yeah that's <laughs> it. yeah, you can take that uh, I thought it was going to be something like oh yeah when companies uh, send out their uh, employees to become mentors then they can also buy a package of like their corporate t-shirts with like the logo of you know the the, the, the organizations I thought it was Who like <laughs> I mean I don't know it's so funny because I, I kept that piece of paper because we both signed it and um and saying well one day this will be you know because we had so we, from day one yeah. we had so much belief in this yeah so um but I looked back at it yesterday and I was like what, what were I, I have no idea how we created business from this piece. yeah but that at the moment was like that's what we're doing that's Craig right uh, Keith. Keith, sorry, yeah, Keith. So Keith, and, and you met Keith. How did you meet Keith? Because I know so you helped Keith. That one, I heard one version of that. You were helping him and mentoring him a little bit with his business scale because he started a, a great foundation that you'll talk about. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't say I was helping mentoring him because okay. in his own right, he's an amazing businessman. Okay. But um, he approached me. We were introduced, funnily enough, through somebody at the Federation of Small Business okay. who I'd done a talk for them. And there's this lady, amazing lady, who's just everything you would want from someone at the FSB. She just mm -hmm. connects people and so on. She also knew Keith and she said to Keith, okay. with what you're doing with your foundation, you should speak to this friend girl. She might be able yeah. to help you. Not that he particularly needed help, yeah, yeah. but it was just... Just like like-minded people. And Keith, if you're listening to this, apologies for calling you Craig. Apologies, mate. It's my <laughs> dyslexia that kicks in. Keith Craig, it's kind of the same. Uh, yeah, so, so you kind of got introduced, yeah. got to chat. And, and he, because he had started, because he's got an interesting story too, and I'd love to get him on yeah, the show yeah. one day, but he basically was a professional footballer, even played for Millwall at one point. Yeah, he did. He, so he, he played for Millwall, Charlton and Gillingham. The reason yeah. I laugh is he didn't quite get his pro contract. Okay. And that comes up every day. In the, you know, Every day we're working <laughs> together, he's like, I nearly got my pro contract. Uh, even to the point when, obviously, as Will yeah. explained, I now work with the Premier League clubs. Yeah, yeah. And when we were at Liverpool Football yeah. Club, um, he every time we go and meet with one of the football clubs, he says to the management, oh, by the way, can I have a pro contract? <laughs> and uh, and he's, he's quite young looking for his age. Yeah. And, and the Liverpool manager management turned around and went yeah you can have a pro contract for the under 14 yeah. <laughs> I'll take it <laughs> so yeah he didn't quite get his pro contract yeah. but he played for Millwall Gillingham and Charlton yeah. and then um got injured pre-season yeah. I mean he'll tell you the whole yeah, story yeah. but the um then um he 
he could his life could have fallen to pieces, yeah. right? And and because they do. I mean, a lot a lot of athletes. I used to deal with a lot of rugby players in my former days at, at November. When they get injured or when they retire, it's the whole identity shift of yeah. who am I? I'm no longer part of a squad. I'm no yeah. longer, you know, yeah. And I think when you're young and you've been through specifically football, it's so yeah. intense that all your life, all you're going to be is a footballer, mm-hmm. that when you fall out of that, what do you do? Mm. But luckily, he's had a really good support network of family, friends yeah. around him that sort of rallied around. And he managed to take what he'd learned on the football pitch into business. Okay. And then in his own right, became very, very successful cool. in business. And that experience is what motivated him then to yeah. start the Street Soccer Foundation, right. which is where 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 my right. journey with him begins. Was that 2015? 2015, it yeah, officially yeah. launched. Yes, that's right. And yeah. so, and that and that was that was effective because I know that you're partnered up, obviously now. But in a, in a, in a nutshell, Soccer Street Foundation. Street Soccer Foundation. Street Soccer Just Foundation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People listen to this. I used to. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, like sometimes I talk and like my partner, she just dis- like she almost translates what I say. Like I'll say something, I'll be like blue bananas. <laughs> oh yeah, like an airplane at the airport. Yeah, that's what. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> translator. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Just like some translator. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So so what what's the foundation? Then? So so what the foundation does is it takes homeless or severely vulnerable sixteen yeah. to twenty four year olds and gives them a ten week academy program. That's the kind of flagship program that they deliver and with these young people fundamentally there's nothing wrong with them but they've had a pretty tough start to life in general usually due to relationship breakdowns and other things and they are now heading in a less desirable direction generally these young people every other intervention is failing so we come along and we say do you want to come play football with us which is for a young person is much more attractive because everything else that's coming to them is do you want to learn how to write do you want to sit in the classroom (coughs) do you want to use a computer yeah and and if you have no self-belief yeah. And you also have no belief in what society in, in your place in society. Mm. You can write the best CV that you can possibly write. Forget it. But it, but you're never going to use yeah. it. So what street soccer does is it takes those young people and says, come play football with us once a week for 90 minutes. Yeah. But then also, if you want to stay for another 90 minutes, and we're going to give you some sort of personal development yeah. mindset training. Yeah. And it's incredibly successful because yeah. they take what's learned on the pitch sure. into the classroom and then use that to create life lessons for them to understand how they can have a a a better future and and allows them to make the decision rather than being told you need to go get a job you need to go training they get to choose um and they get to to rebuild their belief and their confidence (laughs) so the foundation launched in 2015 and keith approached the professional football association Mm. who put him in contact with West Ham. Yeah, West Ham. Yeah, um, and West Ham helped pilot the program, so we're really grateful to their foundation yeah. there for doing that. And it created this scheme that then moved back into Kent, which is where both Keith and I mm-hmm. are from. And Go Kent. I went to university Ooh. at Kent. Oh, did you? You Canterbury. Kent. <laughs> <laughs> this is maybe not such nice parts of Kent. <laughs> 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 it's a very diverse county. <laughs> the Garden um, of England. The Garden of England. The yes. Garden of England, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you that have not been to Kent before, it's worth a visit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a cultural experience. Absolutely. Oh, I've missed, I've missed my day. <laughs> anyway, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, so um, took it back into Kent and then started running these programs more regularly. Mm. And the results of those programs have been phenomenal. Mm. And nearly every single young person that comes through those programs ends up into education, training or employment. Wow. And actually really fundamentally ch- turning their life yeah. around. So... Um, 
having developed that, that was the point that Keith and I yeah. then came together. So, so what was that? So you met in 2017? Only last year. So oh, 2018? Well, well, so like nine days ago last year, 2018. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Got yeah. it. So you, you two meet under the under the kind of the banner of, hey, you should, you should meet. Maybe That's you can it. have a good there conversation. Was a there was an email through, through yeah. LinkedIn, which we, we reread recently that Keith sent me. It's hilarious. Yeah. Now, how Dear well Keith. we know each other. <laughs> is that, well, no, he sent it to okay. me, so it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, and him saying, I want to meet with you. And I remember the first phone call and he's talking about football. And I will be honest, I was not into football yeah. at all. So I'm thinking, oh God, you know, what were you into? Um, I, I suppose typically I was more of a, a rugby yeah. girl <laughs> if I was, rather than a football. But, um, so um, anyway, he yeah. says, so can I meet you? And I thought, oh, okay, fine. And yeah. around this time, because I was, I was starting to do some consulting with yeah. other big companies and okay. so on, I was having loads of people contacting me and you kind of go, I'm not really sure who the time wasters I are. I so get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I pick your brains? Can I have a coffee? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you want to help as many people as possible. Sure. But I said to Keith, if he could arrange, I had like a little gap in a day. I said, yeah. if you can come to me, we'll meet. Anyway, I, I sort of remember it almost like it was yesterday that we met and instantly we were just, you know when you just clicked yeah. with someone, there was all this banter. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and he told me about what the foundation was doing and I thought, well, if, if he's for real and these are the real results, then it sounds great. Mm. But I, I was, uh, he, we, he calls me brutal Fran because yeah, I was a little bit that. brutal um, because I said to him, <laughs> how is this funded? And yeah. he was like, well, I'm kind of funding it. And I was like, well, That's not how, how's that sustainable? Yeah. And I said, well, do you pay, get paid? And he went, well, no, I don't pay myself. And I'm like, well, you're an idiot then because the good work you're doing is wasted. <laughs> yeah. And and he completely took it. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And I'd really like your help yeah. in turning that around. So I kind of thought, well, there's something different here sure. in the way that... He's that open. He's very open. Yeah. And actually what he's talking about is maybe a bit exciting. So we kind of separated and went our own mm -hmm. ways for seven days. after. So, was that, so that wasn't the day you did the, the scribble? No, okay. so that was exactly seven days later. Okay. Okay. So seven days later, I said, well, let's get together in seven days. And I, I literally just thought, let me mull it over and see if I can think of any ways. Because yeah. I don't want to waste his time. I don't want him to waste sure. my time. Let's see if there's any ways that I think we can, can work together. And from that came the idea of goal 17. So okay. pulling together different things that I've been working on in all different areas kind of I managed to shoehorn that into one into yeah. one concept yeah. um, so should I t share the concept yeah, now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the concept of, of Goal 17 is very very simple there are loads of charities and loads of people doing good and yeah. they're out there looking for money but the public purse is shrinking and grants funds are stretched more stretched than they have ever been as these volunteer 100%. times <laughs> I just say this up. I'm like oh my god this is the perfect pitch I'm like I'm thinking about the capstone pitch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like friends on it friends. Yeah, it's like, yeah. um, I'll be sending this to Dan so you better like <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, um, sorry, but so the, the, um, the public person so, shrinking. So, there's yeah. so, so most um, people that are trying to do good are going after yeah. effectively, I don't want to say free money, but it is sort of free money. And I thought, well, if we want this to be sustainable, yeah. in my view, charity is not the place where it's at. Mm -hmm. Business is. Mm -hmm. Because business is, is what's scalable and business is also where the resource is. Yeah, yeah. So um, forget governments, forget charities, let's go for business. Yeah. So then if we're going to go for business, we could just go cap in hand and go to big companies and hey, say, do you want to donate? Yeah, yeah. But again, there's no security yeah. over that yeah. because they change their they change every year, or whatever. So actually, if my solution to this was we need to create a business, a business that gives a genuine commercial benefit mm. and it just happens to then fund a charity. So sure. that was the whole concept. And so then the next sort of phase of that was looking at business and saying, 
where's the need? Mm. So what are the challenges that are facing big corporates at the moment? Because they're the ones with the money. And, you know, how can we help solve some of those problems and give them value? And that's where then we started looking at trends. And and this links a lot into, I'd written a book by this point, and it had a lot in it about how there are changes of trends in terms of millennials and the following generations Mm -hmm. and so on. So if we look at what's going to happen in the 2020s, we're going to see absolutely unprecedented changes in Mm. the workforce. Sure. Baby boomers retiring, uh, you know, ridiculous rates. You've got preaching to the choir here. Exactly. You've got millennials. I mean, yes, all all your kind of thing as well, Mark. So these millennials coming in who want purpose, as I know is really high on your agenda. But one of the things that always comes out is that actually millennials want mentors. They want good quality mentors. And 72% of millennials say that they want a mentor in the Mm. workplace. And having a good mentor can double the likelihood that they stay Mm. with a company. If you then look at what the challenge is facing those companies, um, there's um, an 800,000 person school shortage in the UK at the Mm. moment. And lack of staff retention is costing UK UK (laughs) companies 6.3 billion a year. So it's a massive opportunity, massive hole to be filled. So we said, well, okay, let's develop a proper mentoring program. Mm. So using the experience that I'd had from building my business and being able to to, to have more time now to do other things, I'd set up mentoring cultures and that had Mm -hmm. been very much part of the way that we'd managed people. And you'd grow your team. This is it. So how about we develop a product that delivers those skills? Yeah. So we decided to develop this mentoring program. That then um, rolled on. The reason it's called Goal 17 is nothing to do with football. Is that the UN Sustainable it's Development Goals? On, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. which Goal 17 is partnerships and collaborations. Right. So that was... Personally, I'd wanted to call a company yeah. Goal 17 for ages. Yeah. And it's just... Fi- and Keith, as soon as I said Goal 17, Keith went, yeah, amazing. And then I explained <laughs> to him what it's about. It's like, even more yeah, amazing. Yeah, and the colours. Because also the logo takes a little bit of the colours exactly. of the... And so for, for people who have never heard of the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Effectively, it's 193 or 96 countries yes. or members who came together yeah. and basically agreed on tackling, uh, eradicating poverty. Um, yeah, so they, there's 17 goals that, yeah. that, that work on eight different areas. Right. So, so I think, but I think there's three themes, right? I think the, the three main themes are... Uh, tackle climate change, yes. eradicate poverty, and there's a third um, one. Is it social justice? Somehow that. Yeah. So anyway, so, so yeah, and, th- and then there's 17 goals who fall underneath that. That's it. And, and yeah, I love, I love and it. And, it's yeah, yeah. and the idea and by 2030, right? By 2030, yeah, yeah, yeah. and launched in 2015. So I always think there's that's that's right. a nice link to when Street yeah. Soccer launch. So um, it's a brilliant framework and yeah. one that I've been a fan of for many, many years. And and in fact, it's been my screenshot saver for since 2015 because yeah. I thought it was such a great framework. Which which one out of the 17? Like calls you most? Well, it was seven, goal seventeen. Was it? Enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because my belief is that to to make change, yeah. we have to partner. Yeah. And if I look at, um, so my father's an entrepreneur. And if yeah. I look at the way that he built his business, yeah. it was always very much that you're on your own and you can't really trust other people. And yeah. competition, um, competition, yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't all collaborate, exactly. don't open up. You'll be taken um, care of. Yeah. And and back in the day, that's what you had to do. Whereas yeah. if you look at businesses today, it's all about partnerships and collaborations. Sure. And the only way to be truly successful is to partner and collaborate. Yeah. So for me, that was the one that's always kind of sung to my heart and gone. That's 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 where I feel my calling is. Yeah. So. That came as a great idea to call to all our company that, but that was at the core of what love we it. wanted to do. And it just so happens that the 17th goal is the goal that you love the most. This goal 17, it. that makes sense now. Exactly. That's so, really cool. So we wanted to make the company about partnerships and collaborations. Sure. So this is partnering charity with business, yeah. but not just that then. We said, well, actually, if we're going to be teaching, we need to be partnering with academics. Mm. And I sometimes drive Keith mad because I say what we have to do has to be world class. Yeah. So we said, well, who are the world leaders yeah. in mentoring and coaching? Is that Oxford Brooks? It's Oxford yeah, Brooks. Yeah, yeah. So 
um, as it happens, mm. <coughs> whether you believe in serendipity or not, um, I ended up being invited to go and do a keynote speech at Oxford Brookes <laughs> University. This was before I knew that they yeah. were the world leaders and just thought on a punt, I'd get speaking to yeah. some of their management team yeah. there that came to, to hear the talk um, and said, do you have a partner? And they were sort and of- And what was the talk about? Like what, what under so what banner were they? Uh, that was, do you know, it was a really interesting one. So I was invited along with the, um, he's like the VP of Twitter. In, okay. in Europe and America yep. and, and not America in Africa you know yep. the rest of the world yep. basically and we were supposed to be talking I can't remember what we we're supposed to be talking about and then it, we talked about something completely different okay. um, it's part of their ask me anything panel so ah, the students can basically ask got you it. anything so um, so I was there to I guess to balance the diversity yeah, and, yeah. and, um, <laughs> and uh, create some interest so we um, so I was there anyway got yeah. chatting to the to the people at the university they weren't They'd done some partnerships, but not not lots. And, it, cool. and when I suggested them what I was Doing, proposing, yeah. they loved the idea, but they said, we've not done this before. Mm. And so I kind of just pitched them what Goal 17 was about and how the world is changing yeah. and it's all about partnerships. And they said, well, come in. And, and only then, later in my research, did I find out actually they were the world leaders because Keith yeah. had said to me, well, let's look at who the world leaders are. So we got online and we're like, what are the yeah, chances are the odds, it actually yeah. happens to be them? And sure enough, um, after a few meetings, they were really keen to partner. Yeah. So they've brought a, a fantastic element into the into the course like now. Almost like the credibility and like the research yeah. and academia this behind that can back up some of your impact. Like for every one pound, you get a six pound or eight pound impact return. Yeah. So they do, and they bring in bits of knowledge so for example um i had a really interesting conversation with one of their professors mm -hmm. about pairing and how we match mm. so we generally we do this thing with our corporates that they send a letter and all this and how we match yep. through mentoring and they then sort of produce this amazing piece of research that shows what are the most important things when it comes to matching so mm. we can now add those bits into the okay. content that we're delivering which gives it not just a really great course but it gives it the kind of the we can tell people why we're doing what right. we're doing and here's the research why so it, it fills those holes so here's me just trying to break it down okay yes. so that everyone listening or watching right <laughs> uh online um so effectively you've got companies yes right like i call it like i feel like there's a magic triangle so that you've got yeah. the companies um then you've got the is it street soccer foundation yeah yeah street soccer Foundation, and then you've got the youth yeah and so what you're basically doing is that you're saying look we're gonna help your people become mentors. Yes. That they'll be able to then mentor internally within the organization. Exactly. And and you call it extreme mentorship. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I sometimes feel a bit naughty calling it that. <laughs> um, and it's probably not completely PC. But yeah, the... the as well as developing that world well, class. Well, it's putting them in the real field. This is it. I, th so I think so I, I like... I, I'll tell you why I like that. You know, wh whether it's... Be, I th what I like about it is that I think it's very easy to go into the confinement of a classroom within an organization and go, here's what mentorship is about and this one might, exactly. might come up, as opposed to going, let's go and speak with real humans outside the organization where you're going to be faced with unknown situations that are going to enable you to sharpen your Absolutely. tools and you're going to come back as a much more effective mentor in, in the company. And, and I guess this is, I mean, I, why do people do Tough Mudder? So they can learn more about themselves. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be fair, they wouldn't do it if it was just a leisurely stroll. Well, because they don't realize that actually there's like half a marathon running <laughs> and I did <laughs> yeah. it for my I managed to get 10 people to come with me. It was horrible. It was the worst <laughs> idea. Did you learn something about yourself? Yeah, never do that again. It was just, <laughs> it was like super stupid. I, I couldn't walk for three weeks. I busted my knee. Oh my God, it was terrible. Okay, so I'll take it back. But, but, I'll, I'll, I get, but, not like but <laughs> I'll tell you what, no, no. I mean, but it is, it's to push yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you learn, you learn more in intense yeah. situations. Yeah, yeah. So we, we developed the, the world-class theory and then we said, the practical experience is where it's going to happen. Got and it. that's what's so groundbreaking about this, this training program because you get the 
the theory, which yep. is all like short little online modules because yep. nobody's got time to do any more yep. than that. But then the practical is where the real magic happens. Yep. So for the practical, we take our corporate clients into the stadium, into a Premier League Pool. football club stadium. Yep. So straight away, like West Ham, Liverpool. That's which it. So now, soon yep. we'll be launching others across the Very UK. Very exciting. Um, and you you take them to those football stadiums, and it does not matter if you're the CEO of a big company or a homeless young person. Mm. When you stand on the edge of the pitch in one of those football stadiums. It doesn't yeah. matter where you come from, where you're going. Yeah. Or who you support. Or who you support, <laughs> exactly. You can chat because you can banter about football yeah. even if you don't like it. Yeah. And you're just it's just an amazing environment sure. to be in. So the football is an amazing leveler. So we take everybody to the, the football stadiums. We then bring the young people as mm -hmm. well. So the young people that are going through the Street Soccer Academy come along. So for every member of the corporate staff that buys into our programme, mm -hmm. that match funds a young person through their programmes. It's got like it. kind of like buy one, give one, yeah, basically. Yeah, got it. So they come together, yep. but the real thing is it's not just giving. This is like hands-on, let's all change perspectives. Okay. So we bring them together, and it's the most, I mean, it's my favourite day of the 10 weeks because it's the most phenomenal day because everybody suddenly realises, do you know what? We're not that different from each other yeah. after all. We all go there with our preconceptions. Sure. And, and I'll put my hands up. When I first met these young people, we hear about homeless people and we think, well, they must be drug addicts. Yeah, or they mental must be health problems, all these drug addicts. Yeah, yeah. And then we meet them and we go, do you know what? They've just had a bit of a tough ride. Right, mm. there's actually nothing wrong with them. They've mm. just had a bit of a tough time, and same with the young people. They think, oh, those people with a job, they probably use worse language than I'm allowed to use <laughs> on your podcast. Oh, you, it's an explicit podcast, so <laughs> okay. you can swear as much as you Still, want. I shall be, uh, yeah. be be <laughs> professional, be professional. Um, but yeah, you can, but you know, you they can kind of think, you know, they think the dick in the suit, mm. right, or whatever. Mm. So that's their their thought, yeah. and then they come together with them <coughs> and they go, do you know what? They're not that different for me either. We're yeah. all very very similar. So this is about completely breaking down barriers, right. both in society, but most importantly in people's minds yeah so when they go back then to their workplace after experience they get the opportunity then to support those young people over the phone throughout oh. the rest of the 10 weeks so for 10 weeks they can support them over the phone or do they speak them once a week or once, once a, a week. couple of weeks yeah or, okay. just once a week yeah. and then if they want to come and meet them obviously yeah. there's loads of safeguarding around Correct. this so they come under our supervision yeah. if they want to come down to one of the training sessions okay, got it. and their employer's happy for them to do that yeah. they can do but that experience then is of course they build a friendship yeah and they get to know each other so yeah. they the corporate clients feel so empowered they feel like my company's amazing because they're allowing yeah. me to do this mm -hmm. so they get this wonderful purpose driven motivation for their company which sure. is so important as yeah, yeah. we know for mm -hmm. millennials and so on for for companies to have but also they get a really empowering experience because they get the absolute privilege of being part of that journey yeah. and they get the challenges so all the things that might happen when somebody mentors in the workplace such as you know I had a mentoring call with my mentee and they didn't answer the phone what do I do mm. we can guarantee they're going to get all those experiences sure. in the 10 yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. and we're there to hold their hands and help them yeah. through that and, and explain to them and, and coach them what to so do so the mentors have mentors themselves so <laughs> if to an extent we sort of have like uh, mentor ambassadors sure, sure. and but it's more Helping just out. having a conversation yeah, yeah. going and um and that's partly what we cover in our training is mm. by this point you've probably experienced this this yeah, is yeah. what you do yeah so they come out the 10 weeks and they have a confidence they've achieved yeah so they then they've given back they've learned new skills and then they're ready to go back into the workplace and become internal mentors, internal kind of mentors. Yeah, yeah so okay. they can now go back to their work and they will be effective Got mentors it. but most importantly the, the things that i suppose that we um we deliver that we don't necessarily promote that mm. we deliver is the massive shift in mindset mm. so all of a sudden if, if you look at the social mobility agenda for example yeah. loads of people are trying to do social mobility loads mm -hmm. of companies are trying to mm -hmm. do it and they're running some fantastic schemes to get people from marginalized backgrounds into the workplace yeah. but once they're there 
whether we like it or not, we all have this unconscious bias. Yeah. So they get stuck 100%. and they don't progress any further. So what this program does mm. is it absolutely starts smashing through those mental barriers mm-hmm. that we don't intend to have. We all have the best will in the world to kind of be more diverse, yeah. but actually we can't help it. It's natural to be around people like us. And once they've had that experience, they're much more likely to actually work with people and see the advantage of having a diverse workforce and know that actually that person in their team that was a bit difficult it's not that they're difficult it's just that Mm. they're a bit different but that's actually a huge benefit so the corporate clients learn just as much as the young people do and and everybody comes away you know having actually having a commercial benefit that they take but it makes sense you know i I remember when it was recent i was like this makes so much sense like it it just it makes business sense it makes heart sense it makes human sense you know and and um you know for anybody listening or watching again i mean definitely go and check out i think it's goal17.global that's the one and there's a video there and it's really moving it's yes. a really moving video where you actually see both the mentor and the mentee kind of share their experiences and their shift in perceptions and pers- and perspectives around like wow this this has meant so much to me much more than i could ever imagine and somebody else saying well i actually realize now that i've got choices to make and yeah. had i not had this opportunity i would have continued probably going down a road that would lead me to a path that wouldn't be that positive yeah whereas now i've got you know kind of a better understanding of some of the goals i want yeah. some of the options i have and so yeah just yeah i just want to acknowledge you and you know and keith for having created this because it's it's a really cool idea and, and i love simple ideas yeah you know when i was at november for four years and, and i believe that the part of november's success over the you know that must be going on for 14 15 years now the part of the success, it's a really simple idea. Yeah. Grow a moustache, raise money for <laughs> prostate cancer and yeah. mental health and, and yeah. et cetera. So it's a, it's a really cool concept. So one of the one of the things, because I'm conscious of time as well, is so you've launched this and then, what, within five months or seven months, mm. you got a national award. Yeah, we won the National Mentoring Award. Yeah. And, and that was bonkers because we, we were so honoured to even be invited to be part of it. Mm. And it's, um, it's one of these proper awards. Like, yeah. you, you know, it's not one of these ones you pay to get in or whatever. Like, yeah. it's a proper, proper yeah, yeah. award. And uh, they sort of, um, they hosted us at this <laughs> amazing gala dinner. So we're sitting there going, God, you know, we're just so privileged to be in this room. Yeah. And then it gets down to the sports-led category and we're up against multinational companies that have been yeah. running mentoring programs for years so we're just thinking god you know we, we're just we're, there we're just happy we're to be ready. there we're ready with the social media post going wow we recognize along these guys yeah. and then they announced that we won it and i, I will be honest You're because we thought we had <laughs> yeah. have you seen the video <laughs> no, 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 but I, heard, I think i heard you say somewhere like yeah it was a little bit tipsy because <laughs> we honestly didn't expect to win and i composed myself beautifully but after stumbling on the chair there was we you know that the official the sort of linkedin social media posts were very very composed yeah. but i did do a facebook live to my kind of more yeah, friends and yeah. family that <laughs> i think i repeated the same thing about seven <laughs> times in the excitement <laughs> and then and everyone on our table was all a bit tipsy so it was yeah. all, it was all good for i mean it's great uh, but brilliant. a real real honor and it's given us that platform yeah. again Crazy. to kind of say you know this and i don't know if you've seen the latest news we just featured in forbes yeah, yeah i saw that I was, uh, yeah i saw that so, i saw that you know for, i find this all so what do you think what do you think has been because again, you know what's incredible is that you you know just anyone can go and check out your um, your social media feed and your website and you'll see the articles and all this. Yeah. It's like amazing results, like amazing kind of impact. What do you think is at the root or some of the source of that success, or what do you think has enabled you and the organization to kind of be where you are today? I think first it's thinking big, yeah, right, because 
it would have been very easy to say, well, let's just run a little thing. And we said, no, let's let's go nationwide. Let's go Premier League, right? Yep. Rather than, because we could have said, let's just go around. Because you've got like 93 football clubs or something like that, right? So uh, well, there's, se- oh, you'll get them going in my numbers. Yeah. This is dyslexic. See, there's 72 yeah, yeah. or 93 um, <laughs> EFL clubs yeah, in that's the UK. It, yeah. so, but there's 20 Premier League okay. clubs. Obviously, they change slightly every season. Right, two, right? Two go down, two go up. Yeah. I don't know a lot so, about football. So, <laughs> so you've got all these Premier League yeah. clubs. And um, with those, you know, the... I suppose I didn't appreciate because I wasn't really into football when I started. Sure. I am now, but I wasn't then. I didn't appreciate what an honour it was to yeah. even be invited to go and speak to them. And there are people that have spent years trying to get through to them. But what made this different was we weren't going to them saying, give us money, please. Because people go to these clubs right. the whole time saying, give us we money. Just, we, just, we just need your support, your partnership, your grounds yeah. and a bit of time. And a bit of time and maybe the odd player turning yeah. up every so often and yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And for them, they want they genuinely Because they've all got foundations, right? right? Like this most fo- like m- most premiership football clubs will have, have, a have a foundation. They have a foundation. Okay, they yeah, have so to have a foundation. Yeah, foundation yeah. or trust. Okay. So their foundations trust do the most amazing work, but we're going to them with a proven model yeah. that's already creating successful results. Yeah. Plus, we're not saying to them, we've got this proven model, please will you pay for it? Yeah. We're saying to them, actually, we are going to find other, again, it's that other funding sources. Yeah. Rather than doing the same as everyone else, let's do something different. So there's that, that bit of a rebel being a bit different, yeah. thinking big. Yeah. And I just think sometimes ignoring what other people say to you because yeah. when I first what was something that like what was one of the naysaying things uh, you heard things like oh um, it'll never work you can't get an atmosphere in it. I had someone say you can't get an atmosphere in a, a football stadium when it's empty so <laughs> don't run events in football stadiums and uh, from my experience of going around them when they're empty is when they're almost more powerful yeah. like it's amazing when they're full but yeah, when yeah. they're empty and, and it's like, intimate oh, yeah, it's like I'm the yeah, only yeah. one in it's this there's a kind of stillness yeah, yeah. um so um so yeah th- those kind of things um you will never get into premier league clubs well i think we've proven that's <laughs> not the case um I, all sorts of things oh you'll never get through the safeguarding and i thought well uh, oh, is that is that that the the the, the so making sure that the kids are safe and yeah, the youth and, are safe, yeah. and and the corporate clients and the corporate as yeah. well so and the insurances and things around that and i i think when people put those barriers you just have to say it's not impossible. A, you look to model other people that have mm. already done it. So mm. I thought, well, if the, you know, all like the Prince's Trust do, well, there's loads of organisations that work with vulnerable yeah. young people. So if they've done it, we just need to go knock on their doors. And, and to an extent, out. we yeah. did that. And just said, look, we want to do this. Can you help us? And then, and there's always people that can help you. Yeah. So, it, and if it hasn't been solved, I think it's a great quote that says, it's always impossible until the first person does it. Yeah, so that's very much, you have to kind of thank people. And actually, sometimes that feedback is really helpful because it alerts you to things that you need to put mm. more effort into mm. so sort of thank them for their contribution but don't it's almost like they're pointing you. you towards something like to be curious about like yeah. oh that's a good point let me yeah. go and let me go and find more about that and, and if somebody brings that to us as an objection yeah. it's more than likely in a sales process that will come up as an objection yeah so occasionally when we're going and speaking to the big corporates they say well what about your safeguarding and i bring out the folder boom <laughs> that's what we're doing about yeah. it here's all the policies we manage again to get a partnership yeah. um with a, a world leading footballer who is the key yeah. kind of person in that safeguarding field yeah. so he checks all of our policies okay. and so so again it's again finding those who was your first who was your first client who was the first company to say yes so the first company was a construction company yeah. um, based in kent yeah. funnily enough um and we've still got quite a good is it with a c yes yeah, yeah, yeah. so we've got a good working relationship with them and construction seems to be a really great place for us at the moment um because yeah, i heard you say that i was so surprised when i heard you say that yeah. in an interview, in an interview like because you know you you think about oh the Googles and the you know the you yeah, know the, yeah. the, the classic kind of big companies who've got an outside profile of being so like cool yeah but then when you're like no actually the construction industry is like a really great I fit think, for us I think if you think about construction they generally if especially if it's property construction yeah um, 
homelessness is a natural link so that helps uh. um also the young people that come through our programs make great apprentices for them so for them it's also a free recruitment uh, model so we do have young people that then progress yeah. on um or have the option to either go to the london construction yeah. academy through them yeah. or, or whatever so so they're a really good good mm. place for us but in saying that we're just going through a really interesting phase at the moment okay. that we sort of spent the first kind of six months really establishing ourselves piloting proving the concept doing the proving yeah. the concept now we're kind of into to major sales yeah. so to speak so my job is generally going around meeting and just corporates and just, just like saying sharing the, the vision. deal um and and that's fascinating it's legal firms it's banks it's yeah. it's kind of anyone and everyone yeah. anyone that anyone that cares yeah. about their people and the impact that their business has what's the bottleneck right now um to time yeah. i mean anyone that's done that kind of b2b corporate sales yeah. it just is it's a slow process yeah. and it's we sort of we're still kind of finding our feet in terms of you sort of seem to have to get an internal champion yeah. then you have to kind of go to the ceo the decision yeah. maker, and then they have to go to the hr department yeah. so it's this kind of you're sort of juggling three or four different relationships <laughs> yeah. to get somebody to and sign on the bottom line and, and yeah whose yeah. budget that's yeah. whose budget does it come out of yeah. and we made a really um strong decision that this isn't a csr budget yeah. because again that goes back to our original ethos if we're just diverting money that was going to go into grants anyway that's that's not what we were trying yeah, yeah. to do but also this and this is learning and development because because if because we want to prove to them they're going to get a return yeah, on their yeah. investment. This is not it's just commercial charity. investment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that it's charity, yeah. and I have said to some of them, mm. forget about the charity element. Yeah, yeah. Do this for your people. Yeah. And it's kind of nice you get the charity element yeah. as well. That's really cool. And you get a really cool t shirt or like a. Yeah, yeah. Record. They can have their logo on the football yeah, yeah. shirt. So yeah. <laughs> there, there is something about having logos on football shirts. Yeah. So yeah. No, but it's, it's really cool. Like it's a really, really inspiring story. And I think part of the lessons that you're also sharing, maybe for you it's so obvious, but I want to kind of underline that and almost draw that out, the importance of partnerships. Yes, completely. Yeah, because because completely. it's like out of everything that you're saying, it seems to me that none of this would have been possible had you not dared to knock on the doors Absolutely. of, you know, even back West Ham and yeah. and, and Liverpool. Because I remember you sent me an email saying, hey, do you want to come over to, to the Liverpool, state? Yeah, do you want to yeah. come to Liverpool? I was like, I'm sorry, I'm traveling, I can't and stuff. Yeah. But And then just so happens that Liverpool won the Champions League. 48 hours. We had the cup. <laughs> we I had know. the cup 48 hours before they won How the Champions cool League. It was pretty cool. Although Keith did pick it up at one point and nearly got rugby tackled to the ground. <laughs> at the start. So not actually allowed to pick it up. Um, but um, yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. And, and yeah. you're so right. Those partnerships is what it's all about. Yeah. And I think, um, again, if you've got a big enough vision, you can open up those partnerships. Yeah. I, I we almost have a problem of too many partnerships. In fact, we have this kind of complex, we have this slide with a complex web of all the different partnerships mm. we've got. Um, some that I've mentioned, some yeah. others that I haven't even mentioned. Yeah. And funnily enough, one of the meetings I had today was with an amazing organization. And the first thing they say is, can we partner? Mm. And my response was that, is always yeah you know let's let's find let's a way to make out, it yeah. work so that really is my belief is have a big vision and then others want to come on that journey with you if you're creating yeah. impact it makes it really easy yeah. to open up exciting conversations yeah. with influential organizations yeah we had that november i mean that was crazy I, I came from a corporate background in sales and and suddenly i get in november and everybody wanted to partner up with us yeah. everybody wanted to have a piece of like the brand and like yeah. the mission the vision it was so crazy for me to go from having to chase and knock on people's doors to having to turn people like almost down and saying, look, we can't partner up because yeah. we don't do sex toys or we don't do, uh, <laughs> you know, mustache shaped pizzas. But uh, <laughs> but we'd love to have your community on board. And it was yeah. always turning Mo's into uh, turning those into Mo's. Yeah. So so one of the um, one of the kind of as we're coming toward to the end of the interview and I could pick your brain for another hour, mm -hmm. no doubt. Um, 
it, it it's kind of like people listening to this show some people are thinking about like they've got this idea but they might not have that belief in their ability to execute or in their ability to make that crazy idea real like what do you want to tell them just do it and i think one of my keys to success is i don't overthink things yeah. sometimes i just find myself doing something and then after i think oh that's a bit crazy yeah but i wonder if that's dyslexic because i have the same thing i wonder if yeah. that's not dyslexic i do we, i do it's either that or some sort of weird stupidity mark but we're <laughs> <there>. <laughs> yeah. but yeah so don't overthink yeah. it just go do it and what will happen is the market will tell you if it's a good idea yeah. or not so don't think that i just rolled out of bed one day and this was my first idea yeah there have been lots of other things that i've kind of put out there tested the market and didn't go anywhere yeah. and actually if we're going to talk about awards one of the most valuable things about awards is measuring whether what you're doing is important mm. enough so don't enter awards for the accolades enter them to f to, to benchmark yourself yeah, okay. i remember about a year or so ago i entered an award and i didn't even get like shortlisted i thought oh you know you kind of go oh, my ego yeah and yeah. And, that, and i was entering it for the wrong reason sure and and that's even hard to admit that but actually when yeah. i think back to it what naivety whereas now we're not even entering them and we're winning them yeah and that's because what we're doing is important enough so just yeah. go for it and mm. don't and and get take advice so do mm. listen to those people listen to the people that say no it's a fine line between those that say seriously you're wasting your time and actually going okay maybe they've got a point yeah. and those that are just just have not got a big enough yeah. vision so again finding that balance yeah. cool it's very exciting so um just before we kind of move to the last few questions um i read a stat i think keith had the stat around since 2010 there's been an increase of 169 percent of yeah. of of um people living rough yes and and that's great when did you realize that that was a cause you wanted to tackle or that you wanted to help you <coughs> know Re so really interestingly um I i'm not one person that sat there and went i need to address homelessness mm. that that all came from keith that mm. was what he brought to the table mm. once i started getting involved in it i had to believe i had to want mm. to get behind that so i went and spent some time on the streets, mm. I went and helped at Soup Kitchen. Um, Keith and I went up when we were up seeing Manu. We went up and spent some time on the streets in Manchester, where it's mm. quite prevalent and it's mm. quite high profile as well. And once I started to understand that, I, I went. I had the perceptions. I was like, these people are on the streets because they're drug addicts, or mm. they, you know. And then when I went and actually spoke to those people and realised, you know, they never took drugs until they were on the street. And the reason they're taking drugs is because it's cheaper than food and it suppresses, so it suppresses hunger. Mm. It's cheaper than food and it keeps stops you feeling cold. That's why you take it. You suddenly mm. go, God, you know, I think I'd be telling If I was in that situation, I'd feel like that as well. Yeah. So I it wasn't a calling for me in that sense. It was almost like a almost forced. Like, yeah. But once I got into you it. You came home to it. Yeah. yeah. And then and then you then you go through a whole emotional roller coaster. And, and again, it was really good having a, a business partner that had already been through that to support me because yeah. then you, because how do you not get so emotionally involved? Well, this like is it. I have a conversation with someone who's, who's, you know, sleeping rough on the street. And after five minutes, I'm in shambles. Like, yeah, you know, I feel guilt. I feel like, you know, all and this And you want to help and you don't know yeah, how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. what you're doing right and right. all this kind of thing. Am I giving, like, because I had another guest on the show called David Baker. We talked about at length this really interesting conversation around why do I feel guilty that if I give money, I'm going to think, I'm gonna, you're going to buy drugs. And am yeah. I adding to the problem? Am yeah. I... Am I am I actually being judgmental here? Like this this whole paradox that yeah, happens. So yes. Yeah, so how, how did so, you? So so I think I had I had one experience. So mm. I live in a kind of very leafy part of mm. Kent, and um, I don't often do this, but I had one evening without the children, and I've been working all day. And I thought I'm just going to go into town and have some dinner. Um, I never kind of I never yeah. usually I would normally just have like a piece of toast. But I thought yeah. oh, I'm going to treat myself and yeah. just go I go wag a mama's or something. Yeah. And I walk past, and there was a homeless person sleeping on the side of the street. And they weren't actually there, but their whole bed was there. Yeah. And and in this part of Kent, you don't really see homeless people. Okay. 
and uh, for me it was like oh maybe maybe you don't you don't see yeah, them yeah. maybe it's not that they're not there yeah, yeah, but you but don't yeah, see yeah. them and he had a poster up and he said homeless but not hopeless oh. and I, I got home and I just burst into tears and I went I yeah. feel hopeless and how dare I feel hopeless mm. when I've got so much opportunity and I feel hopeless because I can't help them and mm. I then went on a sort of went I'm going to go on a personal mission and find this guy and help him and that was when Keith brought me back and said you can't help every single person mm. but what you're doing is helping the agenda in general and mm. that for me was a real moment to make me realize so don't get me wrong I mean even walking around here mm. today I still get that wrench. It get, it get, yeah, it gets me every time. And like, it's the one thing I can't be with. It, it, it's really, um, since I'm a kid, I remember since I, I remember as a kid walking out at the supermarket and seeing someone on the street leaving a rough, and I've always thought, wow. You know, and I've lived around the world. Like, I've yeah. lived in, in Africa for every year. I've lived in Central Asia. I've lived in South America. And, and, I, and I just, I can't understand how in a city like London, yeah. how can we have so many of us sleeping in the streets yeah. you know it really affects me yeah, yeah. and it, and it is you know it's a civilized society so how can yeah. we have those extremes and that understanding that tackling that whole agenda yeah. is more than than we can do and that for me then that's where the partnerships okay. come together so part of our partnerships model is to also bring together different homeless charities Got it. To, center to point just, yeah, whatever they are exactly, yeah, shelter yeah. crisis yeah, yeah. if we can help generate some of those conversations and, and I also hope in the future we get to bring some of the best business minds yeah. that we work with into those conversations just for yeah. a fresh perspective so there is that part of it but I think it's just knowing that you're able to make a, a difference yeah. in a little way you, I'm never going to feel better about walking past yeah. a person and I will always notice it yeah, so yeah. vividly now but at least I feel better yeah I think it's uh, I, I've been, I think I've been kind of doing this but Brenny Brown said it beautifully she said her mum's biggest lesson that she taught her was um something like never look away from pain yeah ne <coughs> never never look away from someone who's in pain or or who's you know don't shame by 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 feeling shame by not looking just so i always try and acknowledge and say hello yeah hi you know how and are you what's your name it's and it's a real on it's a real privilege to have been in the position to actually go and have conversations yeah. with these people and, and i would say to anyone if as long as you're in a safe environment yeah. go go talk to homeless yeah. people it's very interesting the difference regionally if you go up to manchester um <coughs> we did a, a, tr a sort of a, a visit to homeless people in Manchester yeah. and London in the same day. Yeah. <coughs> and there's a real difference because um, in Manchester, everybody stops and talks to the homeless people, sits down, has a chat to it's them. It's the north. It's they're just yeah. nice. Yeah, the north. I know. <laughs> and, you know, so rather than just giving them food, they'll go buy them a sandwich and they'll sit down with them and eat a sandwich with them. Uh. So when you walk around, say, Manchester city centre, people are sitting there homeless, but often more often than not with somebody else okay. just talking to them yeah. when you're down in london it's almost like i mean we don't no. we don't even acknowledge each other on the train yeah i'll so. get some food but i've never sat down mm. I've, I've often given my food that i had brought in and i just gave it or i gave yeah, yeah it's i've never stopped to go to go if I, and so mind if I so share. having spoken to a homeless person myself and yeah. one of the things they say is can you imagine if you were sitting on the side of the street and nobody even acknowledges you're there what that does for your self-esteem yeah and so i always make a point of Actually, if I can, just have yeah. a quick conversation. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. Where are you sleeping tonight? You know, and just trying. Yeah. Again, you have to, there's a safety element sure. around this and, and you have to make sure that you are, because you fundamentally don't know what s mental state sure. that person is in. Sure. But but as long as you can have a conversation and just say mm. hello or just, just, even, just even acknowledge and smile at them. So I've got an idea. I've, I've, I've had this idea brewing now for couple of years and i'm going to put it out into the universe in hopes that someone listens to this and actually does it mm -hmm. um 
And that is to launch a podcast where each episode is a story of someone sleeping rough. Oh, and basically bring a human face and, and a human story to the, con to the preconceptions of, of, of homeless people and people who live on the streets. Yeah. And I would love for someone to listen to this and to go, I'm going to be that person. Cool. To go out and, to, and, I, and I would listen to that podcast. Um, well, I won't say too much now, but we're not going to do a podcast, yeah. but we have also got another project in the pipeline. Okay. Because, cool. because whilst we're working... Uh, our work is trying to end the cycles. We're trying to stop people before yeah. they come homeless. So it's yeah. why we work with the young people. But you can't help but to gain knowledge of this sector and go, yeah. there are ways, that there are other ways. And, and from day one, when I started working in this, I said that one of our ambitions is, is to actually end homelessness. And people say to me, yeah, how can you be so audacious and say why you're going to end homelessness? I said, well, if it's not me, who else yeah. is going to, right? Why not? I mean, what is um, it? Oh, to end homelessness in the street that I live in. <laughs> it's like yeah. okay yeah no no no, yeah and so so and, and i just can't believe that there isn't there isn't a combination of solutions but it won't be one solution yeah. and that's why again this partnerships comes back because yeah. it won't be one person doing it but if i can help be the catalyst that brings several people together yeah. and collectively the we partnership it, queen not? i know i, I love it i've ended up in this partnership space so i love cool. it so yeah cool. <laughs> all right uh before i wrap up i just genuinely want to say again thank you so much thank for you. everything that you do like it's really thank inspiring you. it's really cool to see just how much you put yourself out there how much passion you have and just how much purpose drives you you know through your post through and i don't think it's a coincidence i don't think it's a coincidence that the recognition you're getting whether that's an article in forbes an award from global women or or some of the partnerships that are coming to fruition now after your conversations you're on purpose do you know what I mean? You. It's like you, 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 that is for me like a beautiful example of what happens when you wake up in the morning and you've got something that's bigger than, than, than yourself and that you do it for a, for a cause. So I suppose yeah, yeah. I, I, it's so kind of you to say it, Mark, and I find it really hard to take the compliments. Of course you do. Um, but it's really, it is lovely. And, and yeah. all I can say is, you know, if anyone hears this and even feels a little bit inspired, mm. you can do it as well. Yeah. Just for, just, just go do it. There's the whole, you've only got one life. Just, just go yeah. do it and go make a difference. Um, one question is, what is something that most people don't know about you? Oh, I don't know. I put most of my life on social media these days. Uh, what's one thing? Um, so I, I've gone through a really difficult stage. I've um, had quite a difficult um, medical incident that left mm -hmm. me with PTSD mm -hmm. and then had a real kind of bad um, thing going around my head that I was lonely. Mm. And actually, um, a personal development guru slashed that out of my head for me. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I think... When you see successful people and you see, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you see a certain side on social media yeah. and what's in the public. Behind closed doors, things aren't always as rosy. Yeah. And I try yeah. as much as I can to say to people, it's not always like this. Mm. I have to say I'm a generally very positive person, mm. but I've had challenges. Mm. And I'm actually in an amazing place at the moment. I feel like I've kind of overcome them all. But don't ever misunderstand that that takes hard work. So yeah. if you're listening to something, I can't, I can't be like that. You can be. You just yeah. got to put the hard work into doing it. Cool. What does being unconventional mean to you? Uh, that little bit of rebel, right? <laughs> I think. Well, it's yeah, it's unconventional. So it's not, it's not, not conforming because that's yeah. different, yeah. right? So it's being. I still think there's a, a level of conforming, mm. but actually just pushing the boundaries a bit to me. Mm. It's all about pushing the boundaries and doing the impossible so it's not impossible anymore. Cool. Fran, it's been an absolute pleasure. A real pleasure. Thank you so much Mark. for coming on the Thank show. Thank you for running such a great podcast <laughs> as well and having me on it. It's yeah. amazing. No, I do, I, do, I, do, I do my best and, and I, it's, an, it's a genuine honour to sit across people who've got, you know, inspiring stories and, and really important messages and, and we need to make positive louder. So, yeah. so thanks for, thanks well, for joining Thank you that. for all your hard work. Yeah, it's amazing. Course. 
so folks i hope you enjoyed that conversation uh genuine genuine pleasure and an honor to to witness such an incredible story um and if you want to find out more we're going to have all the links linked up underneath the show notes and you can go and support if you want to get involved make sure to get in touch with fran i believe she's at fran global uh, on instagram and uh and in the meantime if you want to join me on the 20th of september and you want to launch your own podcast because you want to get your message out there you want to create your own movement you want to connect with your own tribe then i'd love to help you and show you the ropes and teach you everything i've learned over the last four years and hopefully in a very less painful kind of way in in one day we're going to do that in london on the 20th of september and i'd love to have you there tickets information will be in the show notes until next time continue to be inspired you matter and as always keep being fueled by purpose i'll see you next time Thank you.